Stefan Marbury. Nikola Pekovich. Shabazz Mohammed. Ricky Rubio. Malik Seely. Robbie Hummel. Corgi J. Mark Madsen. The Mad Dog. <laughs> Welcome to episode 106 of Wolves Cast, the show that is slowly melting while the team is stuck in a bomb cyclone blizzard. It's hosted by myself and my true co-host. I'm Scott. I'm Robert. Thanks for coming here, Rob. It's good it's to have to you back, back on the mic. Yeah. I was getting tired of hearing Neil's opinions about the Timberwolves, we you know? Are. And so I'm just uh, I view this as an opportunity. Um, yes. not not that as uh, a reclamation. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah. We're recording this on uh, March 14th, Thursday night, before the Timberwolves play Utah and Salt Lake City. Hopefully no racist fans say anything. That I mean, I can't even imagine any of the, our players. Taj might, or Teague might stand up to a, like, a reckless Teague fan. Would. Yeah. Like, it, like, how funny would it be to see like Andrew Wiggins cuss out a fan oh, or something? That would make me like him so much. Yeah, uh, I can't even imagine. That, that's in reference to some Russell Westbrook news earlier this He week. might be more likely to get... Someone heckling him at Target Center, though. At this point, at this point, the booze are the booze have already started uh, yes. at home. Um, so, but uh, it's March fourteenth. I mentioned that because it's Pi Day for all the nerds out there, math nerds. Three point one four, three point one four one five nine two six five three five. Everybody, I thought you were just going to keep going and going and going, and that was going to be the podcast. I, did, I didn't want to overdo it, you know, overstay my welcome. Um, it's been kind of a weird week for the Timberwolves. Uh, you know, we had a, a back-to-back uh, home back-to-back. That's always nice. Uh, always. When you, ha- you can stay at home the whole time last weekend. Two games, two wins. That was nice. Uh, but we had some injury scares for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I almost threw up watching that game. I was so worried, you know? I came pretty close to more of like a almost dry heaved. Yeah, it's that. I didn't have a lot in my system at that's the time, like but good old, uh, you know, familiar feeling of, of course, we can't have nice things that all Timberwolves yes. fans are used to. Um, it's just been also a great week here. You know, I just needed some sunshine. I don't mind the rain because it's better than the snow at this point in the year, but uh, it's been gray every day. I just yeah. need a little bit I've been of sun. I'm thinking about getting one of those uh, sunlight oh, the happy machines yep. uh, just to get me through this rough patch. I've heard great yeah. things about them, and I'm sure they're on sale probably around this time of year, right? Cause they, uh, I would think so. I think yeah. the, you know, the season to buy them is you know fall and December and winter. Yes. And now we're coming into spring. So you're probably getting cheap. Yeah, exactly. I buy a new show, snow shovel out. and a happy light. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about this week's games briefly. We're going to talk about uh, Ryan Saunders and some rumors about his future with the team. Uh, we're going to talk about that previously mentioned Carl Anthony Towns injury scare. Thankfully, we can we have some, uh, you know, if we recorded this on Saturday night, it would have been really bad. But thankfully, Much more somber. you know, we've got some good news for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about a, a new face you've been seeing on the team. His name's Cam Reynolds. He's uh, signed a second 10-day contract to the Wolves, so we're going to learn a little bit more about him. Because if there's anything Wolves fans are good at, it's learning a ton about obscure NBA names. You know, like, that's right. I can't tell you how much I learned about Mikel Jellaball. Jellaball, Jellaball, yep. And Chris Johnson and Robbie Hummel. The list goes on and on. Oh, He'll be so added funny. to that that rich tradition. Who of, is? Uh, oh, Chase Buttinger. I was like, who's that guy who is? Uh, looked, Chase isn't so obscure. Though. He's not obscure. Yeah, he had actually had an NBA career. But I was just trying to say, who's that guy who reminded me of Robbie Hummel? Oh, Chase Buttinger. That's the bl- <laughs> beach, bleach blonde hair. You know. <laughs> 
Uh, we got our sponsor, as we always do. Got to pay the bills. We've got questions from you, the listener, for Mailbag. We have our weekly Wolfies. And, of course, we're not going to send you home without having a little fun. We'll top Never. it off at the end of the episode or the cherry that is the game. Mm. So, let's go ahead and hop into this past week. Let's take an overall a bird's eye view of the season so far. Uh, we are at 32 and 36 is our record. Four games under 500. We are 11th in offense, 24th in defense, uh, 17th in net rating, which sounds about right. It's, yeah. We're not quite a playoff team. We're not a top 15 right team in the league, league, but we are. Right you in know, that meaty part of the curve. Uh, I think Neil tweeted from the Wolves cast account something about how this is a 500 team because it showed the record yep. by month and it was like 500, 500, 500, 500. He's 500 like, with, about 500 with Tibbs. Yep. A little bit, little bit under 500 with Tibbs, a little bit under 500 with Ryan Saunders. Mm-hmm. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, for all the crazy changes that have happened to this team, we, our <laughs> record has been remarkably consistent. Yeah, yeah, which you could be happy about, you could be disappointed about. We're proje- the life of a Wolves fan. We're projected to go 38 and 44, which means uh, if you trust the projections, which I don't. Never. Because those are stats, not human beings. It's all about eye test. Games are won by players, not machines. Exactly right. It's about what's inside. But if you were to trust that projection, that means we only have six more wins this season to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. Which isn't good enough. We need to actually win eight more because, as you know, one of my goals this year is to get our franchise winning percentage up to 40%. Yes. We're the only team in the NBA that has a franchise history record, win-loss record that's sub-400. And if we get to 40 wins, we can lift our head high and be happy that we've brought the franchise up to you know a, a more respectable basement. It'll be a huge moment in franchise history. So with 14 games remaining, we're need to we're going to need to go to eight and six to reach 40 wins. It's a long shot, but uh, yeah. you know it's nice to have something to cheer for in the heat of a playoff race, right? Yes, it's better, it's better than cheering for losses. Or in you know? the heat of a a 40 percent uh, victory. Uh, all time yeah, race. We, we so. got to do it because the Clippers are looking like that franchise is getting their their s figured out, you know. And that's the only other team when you're like One historically, team that what's the most you know the t- terrible in franchise in the NBA? You could at least point to the sick or the Clippers and be like, they've never gone to a conference final. We went to a conference final. Sacramento Robert. was that way too for a while, where yep. it was like, at least we're not the Kings. Yep, exactly. But those teams are starting to, as you said, get their s together and. Uh, so we, we desperately need to, uh, you know, get up to 40 wins, hopefully. Um, let's talk about Saturday's game, my favorite game of the of the three that we're going to talk about. It was against Washington. Uh, Bradley Beal, man. Whew. Yeah. It was a baller. We ended up winning 135 to 130. Had to go to overtime to do it, though. Um, Andrew Wiggins was out. So that means our first career start from future Timberwolves star, Kata Bates-Diop. Yes. Although, once again, so happy I heard him, him earlier in the year in an interview. He was like, everyone always gets my names wrong. And he was referring to the name, the pronunciation Diop. So I was like, okay, it must be pronounced Jop if he's saying that everyone always gets it wrong. As in Dasana Jop. Yeah, exactly. It's spelled the same way. But uh, when, you know, on the broadcast, they still call him Diop. So, and they care. It's not like our broadcast crew is lazy and they won't figure out no, a guy's no. name. So it must the be great wrong. idea had the great idea of getting a database of every player saying their own name so that it'd be easily referenced and you would get it straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. I had thought that I had heard that he accepts both pronunciations. Okay. Like he's cool with either, which I like. I also read that it's interesting that his, his parents aren't named Diop. They're just Bates. And then when they had Kata, they added Diop to the end because of like a family friend and his dad was just like, I like the name Diop. Let's just add it onto your name. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Like imagine like having, you know, little Rob Jr., 
And instead of mm-hmm. calling him Rob Brewer, you call him Rob Brewer Anderson or Rob, Rob Brewer, Brewer Towns. Bomb psych, bomb blizzard cyclone or whatever. Yeah, go, I'll go all out. You know, make that name so make badass, it kind of like know? the old American Gladiators name, where it'd be like Laser and stuff like that. Yeah, I all wish the, I could do that. All the human names have already been taken on every online you know profile. Like that's right. I signed up for oh, is it for a trivia thing? We're doing a new form of trivia at Darby's, and I signed up for an account, and I was like, and there's like pick your username, and I typed in Scott to see if I could take that. Hadn't been claimed yet and i was like wow really this is, yeah usually you know names like that get just snapped up and so you're gonna have to come up with a creative name if you ever want your child to own their own domain name for example you know that's right Man, you it, think t- of these it took things. me years to get scottolstead.com back i have it i'm never gonna let it go again that's right it could be worth quite a bit yeah that's what i'm so. saying so you got to get really creative with these future kid names if you're gonna want them to have their own <laughs> handles and domain names um but that's a little bit of a digression although it is fun to see uh you know Scotty Pippen light out there. Uh, I like that. Yeah, Scotty light. It, a lot of times you get you get kind of compared because of your body type, but he's got a body type that reminds me of Pippen. You know, that's a that's definitely a compliment. Oh yeah, he's the best Scott of all time. <laughs> I know he's a Scotty, but if you count Scotties, even he's, better he's, than Scott Pollard. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm going to go that Fair far. Enough. I'll go that far and say that. So uh, he's the best of us. Usually, this is another tangent I get on. Scots. Most Scots you know are just terrible people. Well, we almost did this on that your I, podcast, Kings of the right. North. We almost had a fourth down territory of Scots. Evil Scots. Yeah, just because most Scots you know, besides me and Scotty Pippen, are just terrible people. So Scott toilet paper, yeah. terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's no Charmin. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind whenever you hear the name Scott. Be like, you know what? Scott was right. Most of them suck. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, second quarter, Cat uh, was balling out. He was really having a great game. He got into a little bit of foul trouble, as he's wont to do, uh, towards the end of the game. And that's when we needed a man, Derek Rose, to take over. And boy, did he take over right when we needed him to, you know? Mm-hmm. He forced up a couple shots, but that's what's going to happen when you're a gunner, you know? And in overtime, he was, uh, he was the push we needed. Yeah, it's still so bittersweet to see D. Rose uh, take over these games. And he's like the de facto crunch time guy. Now, even more so than Towns, it seems like. Yeah. And it's, uh, again, very uh, bittersweet. You like seeing that we've got someone who is confident and can make big shots, but also it's like you kind of want some of the, the – you definitely want Cat to be the one who we're going to and, yeah. and giving the ball down to. Or, you know, anyone else who's going to be with the team long term. Instead, it's this uh, – Instead, it's uh, D Rose who might not be with the team next year. So yeah, I don't. It is what it is. I, you know, I don't tend to believe in the idea of a player being more clutch than a different player, but I do believe that like some people have the confidence to take the shots, and Derrick Rose definitely has the confidence, and I and think that's some. important because it takes a lot of confidence to have the game on the line and to call your own number uh, time and after take time. a terrible shot. Yeah, which well, yeah, he's proven over and over again. He will take terrible shots. It's in, true in uh, in crunch time, and he's made a fair amount of them, but. He's missed a couple of them too. So it's, this is uh, probably the third game on the season where you can point at it and say like Derrick Rose won us this game because yes. I mean Cat got us there, but Derrick Rose pushed us over. I'm thinking, of course, about the uh, Halloween. I think the it Utah. was a 50 point game against mm-hmm. Utah, and then the uh, Phoenix Suns game where he hit the game winner. You know, as time expired, pretty much. So those were the games. So Derrick Rose, you know, for anything you could say about him, has won us a few games this season. Um, Anything else from this game that catches your eye? 
I mean, the, uh, the Beal three-pointer to send it into overtime was crazy. That you was just, crazy. One, you just knew Beal was going off. Every time the ball left his hand in the fourth, it felt like it was just going in. And it was like one of those things where they made such a mad dash to even up the score towards the end of the game. Like, we had like just a couple seconds left, and, they, and Washington was running an out-of-bounds play. And I just knew ahead of time, I'm like, they're going to get the shot off, and they're going to make it. Just because we weren't, be, we weren't able to stop them at all in the last few yeah, minutes of that game. Yeah, a little bit of some weird decision-making down the, down the end of that game. Um, I think... I think with I can't remember how much time was left it would be like 10 or 15 seconds they were down three and instead of going for the three uh you saw Beal go for a quick two. Oh yeah and I thought ended up wow, working out I thought that what a brain fart there you know yeah, lucky exactly us. but I think all of Wolf Nation was hoping that hey maybe uh if we impress Bradley Beal enough maybe he'll uh He'll, when he when he inevitably forces his way out of Washington, yeah. like include the wolves on the teams that he could uh, he didn't want to go to. Oh yeah, I'd love to. That have could deal. be a silver lining. What a killer! <laughs> All right, well then, moving on the very next day. Well, I guess we should talk a little bit. We'll get to the town's injury a little bit, but that's mm-hmm. why he left in the fourth. He tweaked his knee. Then he like came back out and played a little bit more, and then he tweaked it again, and it was like, get, get Towns out of here. Yeah, you know? get get him far away from the basketball court. So even though we won, it felt like a loss because afterwards we were like, what's going to happen to Towns? That's the only thing I care about, you know. Uh, which brings us to Sunday's game, where Towns missed his third NBA career game ever. Crazy! I mean, he went from never missing a game to now he's. And this missed was the first three like on in, like, court a month on court injury yeah. injury that caused him to miss a game, which is uh, you know good to get that monkey off your back, I guess. Neil notes it's the first game ever with no Wiggins or Towns since Towns was drafted. Yeah, so crazy was- the durability of those two. It reminds me of the knuckle push-up season where we had oh. Andre Karolinko. And we, the, early on in the season, we had so many injuries, we only had nine players playing. Speaking of Robbie Hummel and Chase Budinger. Yeah. And the joke, uh, the, the broadcasting, we're calling them the Iron Nine <laughs> because they were the nine that were playing these games. And I think yeah, we won right. one in Brooklyn, you know, just with the Iron Nine. That's just, right. And that's what I got the feeling Warriors. of with this team because uh, Teague, Okogi, KBD, that's what we're calling Kata, everyone. Yeah, well, at least for now. Like Dario that. and Gibson were our starting lineup. Kind of a weird starting lineup. And then when you're bumping people like Kata into the starting lineup, it makes the bench rotations even weirder, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, we got to look and see how many starting lineups the Wolves have had, or how many just possible combinations of players they've had this season. It seems like it's been crazy the the amount of uh, different lineups that have been thrown out there just out of necessity, and combine that with. Uh, Ryan Saunders kind of trying some different things. But uh, that that, uh, New York game was definitely, uh, if nothing else, it was interesting just to see, like, this weird combination of guys and see how they actually play. And, you know, it was decent. If you are going to have that kind of lineup, New York's the team to play. Finally learned how to tank properly. Man, these past few years when they should have just tanked and then they won a bunch of games in March or something, it's just like, what are you doing, Knicks? Yeah, it's a little bit different now because... The, t- the bottom four teams, they all have the same percentage yeah. of getting the number one pick. So it's so not they just quite need to have a bottom three but record. But still, I mean, it's just uh, thankfully they're tanking. And also, you know, thankfully, thankfully yes. uh, you know, I don't know if the credit goes to Ryan or it goes to a guy like Taj. But this is a game where, you know, you had a re- baked in excuse. If you lost, no one's going to blame you for losing this mm-hmm. game. Even though like, oh, it is against a terrible team like the Knicks, you could already see the excuses if they had lost this. So, you know, it takes a lot of fortitude and pride in, it in your work to show up when you know you have a built-in excuse for losing and be like nah we're gonna win this one yeah the wolves still are gaining in my opinion they're still gaining a lot more by winning even though draft yeah. position wise it may be hurting them to 
to lose to a team like uh, to win, to beat a team like uh, New York, I should say. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's still good to get a win and see some of the younger guys playing well. Couldn't agree more. Um, shouts to Tosh. He had the season high 25. It was only like two points off his career high or something. So yeah, yeah. pretty low career high, but he's consistent, that guy. Yeah, he is. And I, I love watching Taj down in the post. Oh, I'm going to miss it. He's got such great footwork. I feel like every time I'm watching him, I learn something new that I want to go out to pick up yeah. basketball and try it out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will remain to be seen if you can actually translate that to on court. We'll have to update on that, see how yeah, you drop step or your little spin off moves are looking, how Taj esque they are. It might not, I know, it might not improve my game very much, but it has to improve it a little because it's at such a low starting point, you know? It's almost like, subterranean. Yeah, exactly. Anything I add to the game will be raising my game a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yes. So, shouts you to could, Professor Taj for that. You could uh, pick, you could pick worse guys to pull, uh, pull things out of their games than oh, Tosh. Yeah, totally. All right, that brings us to our Tuesday game, a loss at Denver, 133-107. to I was really worried before this game because I saw Wiggins, Teague, Rose, Rocco out, and I saw uh, Towns was out at that point, and they didn't make him. It was a game-time decision, as they say. And, man, what an unwatchable game this would have been if Towns wasn't in it, cool. you know? It would have been potentially one of the big, one of the the most embarrassing games in t- score-wise potentially the nuggets are just a fully operational battle station right now their rotation is great their bench squad is great they already have defined roles everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing out there yeah and even in their down years they have great home court advantage because the mile high aspect so it was just a schedule loss here you know pretty much i mean not schedule loss schedule loss implies it was like the second night of a back-to-back and you're on the road home road those were i call schedule losses but this was like i think knowing our injuries any wolves game on the road right now you can put in as a schedule loss man that's 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 sadly the truth this this entire season has been any game on the road is a scheduled loss is it just a small sample size thing or i can't imagine it's the personnel that are the team's fault that they're so bad on the road this year it just it's unfathomable that how bad we've been that's one of the weird things about basketball that i still you try to figure out and suss out is like why do teams play appreciably better at home versus on the road when you know in baseball you can kind of understand different ballpark dimensions yeah even you know even in football you know, you might be playing on on turf versus you know sure. natural grass or in whatever dome, it might be in a know. dome. Exactly, the things can change a little bit. But Every uh, other than arena. other than altitude, uh, it's not exactly the same. Yeah. You'd think that it would there be the least it would have the least of, amount of uh, of impact variance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But. but. Uh, I'm sure people have gotten into that sort of thing. But yeah, I guess maybe it's just the power of sleeping in your own bed the night before. You yes, know? that could be. <laughs> Or, you know, just getting your favorite coffee from your favorite coffee spot beforehand or whatever it may be. The power of Minnesota. I love to hear some theories about that, but not a lot to talk about about this game. It was pretty discouraging when they took off in the fourth. Uh, Josie's looking for some water right now. You can hear her hitting that bull. Um, That's that's, that's our little Timberwolf mascot, uh, (laughs) Josie the Hound. Gotta stay hydrated. Um, All right, so that, that does it for the recap of this week. Once again, they're playing in Utah tonight, and we will recap that again for you next week. Yes. But now let's go ahead and head into Full Court Press. Here's the tip. All right, we're going to kick off Full Court Press with some rumors. And if it's a Ooh, Minnesota rumor, you I know like you know who it's coming from. That's the scoop. Doogie uh, Wilson. Or not Wilson. Wilson. Gosh, I'm just, I'm, I'm having a problem. Yeah, I'm having a little problem today with speaking, which is a shame when you're hosting a podcast. But uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson, friend of the show. 
I don't know why. Yeah, uh, but Doogie, if you want to come on, we'll love to He's have you He's a good on. guy. He is a good guy. I love following him. Um, so The Scoop is his podcast, and he breaks the news. And just, you know, giving us a little background, he says, the more I hear from NBA contacts, the more I see it as Ryan's job to lose. So, I mean, I think we had kind of felt that way a little bit. And it seemed inevitable. Yeah, so let's let's talk it out. First, before we go into this next area of uh, discussion, I just want to say, what are your general feelings about, because Neil and I have been on the pod talking about Ryan now, but I feel like we haven't had that conversation. So what do you think about Ryan and, uh, you know, going forward with him? Uh, so there are some definite positives about him. There are the fact that his players love him, the fact that he is brings a much more positive energy, that he's willing to try out a lot of different guys, give them shots. Um, I mean, we've seen a different. I mean, guys like Luol Deng and yeah. uh, Kate Bates Job, Diop, what, whatever. Well, either uh, way, apparently. either way, exactly. KBD, KBD, um, TBD. Being able to see, I mean, even Cam Reynolds, we've seen, seen the fact that he's willing to give these guys uh, chances has been refreshing, and I think that that's definitely positive for him. That he's managed minutes a little bit more judiciously, uh, especially for Derrick Rose. That's something we've been very happy about. Um, that being said, he doesn't... I mean, nothing has super stood out about him that's like, wow, this is the guy who's going to... that's going to carry us moving forward, and he's going to be... you know, he's going to be our Kenny Atkinson. He's going to be our... Uh, He's going to be like the guy, the young Brad stud, Stevens. Brad Stevens, exactly. He's going to be like our stud young guy who's going to, you know, revolutionize things. Um, nothing's really stood out for me in that regard, and the, their record has kind of sussed that out, even with all the injuries. Um, so the idea that he, that Glenn Taylor has thought, okay, we don't even need to do any sort of coaching search. We're going, we're going with Ryan. Uh, that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. It's not that I don't like Ryan, but I would much prefer to, uh, assuming that Layden is going to be out, um, I'd much prefer to have the new GM come in and do their own coaching search and build a team kind of starting from starting from there as opposed to Taylor basically saying, this is your coach. Sure. Now you're going to come off. Now you're coming in with, with that being said. I just think it's the wrong way to go about it. And yeah, it's, let's, uh, let's it talk about that. Of, it reeks of Glenn Taylor, which I, which I what I don't like. The whole country club kind of oh, yeah. stench is uh, strong with this. So. All right. Yes, that's the next thing I really want to talk about with Rhino. Uh, is that his nickname? Or I feel like yeah, I, I like just want to. Well, I like Rhino. I'm kind of torn because I think of Rhino as Craig Smith. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's kind of already taken. Yeah, we'll think of something new for him. You know, but whatever. In, some some names are just like you know, if your name's Dan, everyone calls you Dan the Dan Man or, or something. Or, yeah, something like that. Whatever. You could do worse. Yeah, but I'd like to hear if he has his own from like college or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, anyways, as far as Ryan's concerned, it's interesting that you brought up the whole GM thing because uh, a similar thing happened with the Twins uh, in the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hired Paul Molitor to be the manager of the Twins during the Terry Ryan regime, and then Terry Ryan left. And we hired Levine and Falvey, the two guys who are running it now. Right. And they inherited Paul Molitor. And 
it didn't work out great. And just this last after a year and a half to two years, basically, of going with the inherited manager, they let him go this offseason. And now the new regime gets to bring in their guy. And maybe that's what the next regime will face. Um, I agree, though, with you and with Neil uh, in the sense that if you really want to be an attractive destination for the top front office talent, you're going to want them to present them with the option to bring in their own coach because that's what you want to do. Is uh, It's kind of like Tibbs wanted to bring in his own people. You bring in the people you trust, and that's how you know typically these things work. And so having this weird because one your coach is one of the main guys you want to bring in. You know, anyone who we hire is going to have an idea in mind for who they want to coach, and it's not going to be Ryan. Um, so it is like it seems like it might turn off some talent to, to be like you can come here, but we're not going to let you make an, a very important personnel decision right off the bat. You know, yeah. And there's nothing that says that you can't you can't give the let a gm come in or or stipulate like hey we're we're not giving ryan the i'm not going to guarantee ryan the job but you know what if we bring in a new gm and you choose not to have ryan saunders i at least want him on the staff you know he's just his coaching career is just beginning it's not like if you don't bring him back all of a sudden he's going to be he's never coming back to the nba and he's not going to be a head coach ever again he's like 32 or something yeah i would want to you know it's hard to tell what's inside ryan's head um because a lot of people in this position would see it as a career backward step to go from coach back to assistant but uh, so i don't know how ryan feels about it would like if we decide to hire a different coach and we say ryan we still want you on the bench would he say sorry guys i don't take demotions and leave you know, I feel like he wouldn't because he's just so young. He's it's to the point where it's he's what like at least te- maybe ten years younger than the next coach. No, Brad Stevens has got to be closer in age, but I feel like he's at least five years right. younger than any other NBA head coach. So maybe he would understand that and just be like, okay, I've got some more dues to pay, and as long exactly. as it means staying here with my family and I have a, a guaranteed spot on the bench, because I feel like any new GM wouldn't mind having one of the assistant coaches be Ryan. You know? Yeah, I don't I, think that's a. I think he's done enough where. Or like a, a team that was maybe thinking that had a vacancy and was looking at people and maybe Ryan wanted to was going for a different job. I mean, they could look at what he did in the half season after he took out over from Tibbs and be like, you know what? There's something there. Yeah. It's not as if he's completely done terribly. He hasn't done great. And but it's not as if you don't bring him back. All of a sudden, his his career is sabotaged. So yeah, it, it I just think, doesn't make sense to me. I think the upsides for Ryan uh, are that one thing I've been thinking about is how well Cat's been playing. I just saw the numbers today of Cat's Cat since the Thibodeau firing. He's been one of the best five players in the NBA since the Thibodeau firing. Yeah, and so some of that is is it Cat you know being like yes Tibbs is gone now I'm going to play the way I want to. Or is it that Ryan is finally orienting the offense around Towns in a way it never has been before? Or maybe it's just like, is it Ryan that's causing Cat to go off? Or is it just Cat being like, I need to get on an all-NBA team so I get that extra 32 mil? It's hard yeah, to tell. But at the very least, you could say, well, Cat is playing out of his mind under the coaching of Ryan Saunders. And that might be a reason we want to keep him in there. Um, and I think that, you know, with all the injuries he's gotten, for him to stay around 500 in the Western Conference is no small accomplishment. You know, he hasn't had Robert Covington play a single game for him yet it seems like every night there's a different rash of injuries and he has to game plan on the fly and most of his substitutions like starting Kata Bates Diop Jop whatever (laughs) you know uh that's gonna be the theme of the show Diop Jop Jop Diop uh, but some all of his moves he's making, playing in the wall, Danmore, all of them have been working out. So I would also want to see him. Uh, you know, that's just it. I, do I want him back as coach next, next year? Yes. But 
do I, is it more important that we nail the GM thing? Yes. Because ultimately, the decisions the new GM will make will determine the success or failure of this franchise far more than the coach of this team will. Exactly. And I mean, just to be clear, for me, I don't object to Ryan Saunders being brought back as the head coach. I object to him being given that a requirement. Position. Yeah, a require. I re- I reject the owner saying this is our head coach, potential GM candidates. This is you're going to be coming in, and this is already going to be set in stone. That's what I object to. So, and uh, it's just classic Glenn Taylor. That's the other thing. That's the main thing. Is just the the whole uh, country club kind of uh, vibe that uh, he that he seems to hang his hat on is. Uh, you get kind of sick of it. Neil notes also that keeping Ryan is also the cheapest move uh, with, you know, Glenn still paying Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden's contracts. It is cheaper to retain Ryan, but, uh, you know, that's... I never understood that for, like, a billionaire owner. Yeah, especially, you know? it's like, it doesn't count against your salary cap to pay your your coach a lot, you know? That's the thing. It's like... It's just such a critical decision. Right, exactly. Such a critical position. It's It just seems so... Uh, it just seems so odd to me that a billionaire would be like, eh, "I gotta, I'm gonna do this so that I can save, you know, an extra five or six right? million dollars." Yeah. When you know your franchise could be, you know, the, the impact on your franchise is so could be so much bigger than that if you made if you went the wrong direction with exactly. it. Exactly. So. Well, time will tell. We'll know more Maybe as they that's how he the became season. a billionaire. And I do think that how the team performs in these final sixteen games is going to also, you know mean a lot to how we evaluate Ryan at the end of the season. So we'll see if the team continues playing hard once we're statistically eliminated from the playoffs. That'll be a big yeah, tell. That's, uh, that's coming pretty soon. There's a... Is there, there's magic numbers in uh, oh yeah in basketball. The Bulls, are, the Bulls are just eliminated like last week. Oh really? Yeah, they were like the first team to hit their magic number. <laughs> Although magic number is usually used to refer to clinching the playoffs. Yeah, so exactly. it's like you're unmagic. That's not that's the not opposite happening. of magic number. Your illusion exactly. number. All right, let's go on to our next topic. He's hitting up. Carl Anthony Towns gave us a scare. Uh, it looks like he tweaked his knee. You hate it when there's a non-contact kind of injury. Right. I mean, he was kind of in a, a you know around players when he went down, but it didn't look like he knocked his knee against someone or anything like that. Right. So that's always scary, and you know he's been we we've been blessed with his health. I'm knocking on the table. Uh, you might not Me be too. able to hear it, Tom Loftus, but you're always wondering <laughs> if we're knocking. I'm knocking on the wood. And, I can confirm. You know, I'm just. I was scared. It's injuries are just the worst part of any sport, and the prospect of like towns. So I always turn them off, and when I play uh, NBA Two K, yeah, me too. It's the first thing I do in any sports video game, but uh, it, it just would mean more for towns because, especially at this point with Wiggins just playing terribly, Jimmy Butler's not on the team. If you don't have towns, like towns is the bright spot of tuning into a Timberwolves game, like. If we didn't have Towns, our team would be so much worse. And there wouldn't be, like, that star that's really, like, I can't wait to watch this game tonight. Like, I knew we were going to lose that Denver game. But when Cat was playing, I was like, I'm going to watch this now. You know, like, I watch them all. But see if he's going to go for 40 and 20. Yeah, he's he's so exciting and fun that even though we're not making the playoffs, watching him is such a joy that I don't mind, you know, know, watching some less-than-ideal basketball because he is that ray of hope for us and to remove that would just be such a killer blow to the morale of this team right now it really would take the wind out of their sails and uh yeah i was uh i was refreshing twitter quite a bit Uh, i forget which day it was where they were like we're going to be releasing the medical information when he gets the the follow follow up with the doctor i was like oh when's it gonna come out when's it gonna come out pins and needles and uh 
Man, big sigh of relief when it came out. Which is also what doctors no, would do to his knee. Put in yeah, pins and needles. <laughs> yeah, don't want any of that. Well, well done. Uh, but uh, he he's like a... He seems like he's kind of like freaky in terms of uh, just his body type and how big he is and the fact that he... Uh, and how... And how quickly he moves and everything like that. It's not like he's lumbering up and down the court. Yeah. Um, but he seems like one of those genetically gifted guys who seems, again, knock on wood. Well, also, uh, Genetically you know, kind of, uh, he's resistant to those sorts of injuries. So. I love the way he plays. Same like, way KG. He has a set sort of three-point shot. He doesn't jump. Actually, any of his, he does, his jumper, he doesn't jump. It's just a set shot, which is great because you're never going to have Zaza Petulia undercutting him like he did on Kawhi, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, save the knees. Don't jump on your jump shots. I love that. Long is, term. It's little stuff like that that makes him like a little more injury-proof, I feel like. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. But, it all adds up. And But, you know, Russell Westbrook used to be the Iron Man until he tore his knee, and then he had, like, two or three knee surgeries I mean, within the next three just, years. And I just, just invoked KG. He was an Iron Man for how many years, and then near the end of his career, he just completely fell apart. So, yeah. you know, there's a... It, I was just, it, it uh, tends to catch up with you. On the drive over here, I was listening to an NBA podcast, and they were talking a little bit about the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin Clippers. Mm. And how, you know, Chris and Blake never really got along. And I was thinking, well, that's kind of interesting because it reminds me of the dynamic between Jimmy and Cat a little bit. Where mm. one guy's the old vet and can't stand this new guy. And the new guy's like, hey, I'm growing and becoming a star. Don't, you know, cramp my style. Why are you angry at me all the time? And I was like, I could see some parallels there. And then I was just like, ooh, but that makes Cat the, the Blake Griffin in this scenario. And I just remember, like, the trajectory of Blake's career. He just started off and he, the sky was the limit, you know. And at, at some point, it looked like he was going to have an MVP in his future. He was like and, a phenomenon. And now he's having a great season in Detroit. He's having an all-NBA type season in Detroit. But he just, you know, the ceiling has been lowered so much because of the injuries he sustained, you know. That's and, right. You know, Cat's obviously a way more skilled player than Blake Griffin ever is. You know, Cat, like I said, his jump shot doesn't rely on his athleticism. You know, he doesn't, he, you know, a lot of his skills don't require a ton of athleticism, which is nice. Um, but it's just scary to think about, you know, altering. Because right now, the, the trajectory for Cat is still the sky is the limit. He could be MVP. He could be multi, multi-time MVP in this league. It's really... It'll go as far as Cat can take us, but once you start putting those injuries, it just starts chipping away at the overall, you know, the potential you can reach. That ceiling yeah, and you the, can reach. The dream of that was nearly shattered when you saw him go down and have to go back to the uh, go back to the locker room. You're like, handle. oh no, it could all be going down the drain. This right. could be the beginning of you know the beginning of the end of uh, all those different aspirations. Also, it's so, like, thank goodness. It's gonna, it would be like, man, this season's already done, but if he tore his ACL, it'd probably ruin next season too. That's you true. Because yeah. we wouldn't get him back until like March or February, and he probably wouldn't be at 100% shape for the whole season. And that's what's also It would alter the franchise yeah. in unforeseen ways that uh, none of us want to uh, want to think about right now. Yeah, indeed. So, thank you, uh, basketball gods. Thank you, Wrap that man uh, Mayo, in Mayo Clinic's uh, injury people. I don't know who's responsible, but uh, maybe it's the big man himself. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Glenn Taylor. <laughs> I was trying to think man. of who I was going to say. Glenn, when I pointed out this guy here in the studio, I was like, who is it, KG? Am whoever that say? means to you. Well, whoever it is. Uh, so, thankfully, he's okay. Let's go ahead and hit our final topic. He's on fire! Let's talk about a person we just signed to a second 10-day. His name is Cam Reynolds. You probably noticed him if you've been watching games lately. He's number 13 out there on the court. 
and he's uh, making a making a name for himself in the minutes he's got. So the question is, who is Cam Reynolds? We love teaching mm. you some fun facts about every player who comes to join the Wolves. If you've listened to us long enough, you know that. In fact, whenever the Wolves get a new player, you should listen to the next week's podcast because we're going to have some trivia about him or some other fun stuff. Oh, yeah. But it was interesting here because when I searched Cam Reynolds, at first I was like, this guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, which is insane. Because <laughs> even if you're a good college player who never makes it to the NBA, you get your own Wikipedia page. That's right. Which is yeah. even weirder is I found his Wikipedia page, but it was on the second page of Google search results. It was buried, and there's only like two sentences on the whole page. You know, I always it's- wonder who puts uh, who puts up those Wikipedia pages for like you know guys who come in from the G League. Like, Who's the one who's like... I gotta be the one to do this. Oh, that's that's a much deeper topic of the yeah, people we'll who just feel obligated. The people who are just like feel obligated to keep Wikipedia accurate and add stuff to God it. God bless those people. That'd probably be a really good story, though. I wonder if there's like one guy who does like most college players just because he has an yeah. exception with it. Like thirty has, for thirty. Yeah, write that story. Let me watch that documentary. You know, hey, <laughs> if anyone from the athletic is listening, uh, I just gave there's you a story, a story idea. to be told there. Yeah, let's find out. So let's do some basic facts here. Uh, Cam is uh, full name Cameron. He is 6'8", 225 pounds. He's 24 years old. He's a lefty. I like that. Yeah. You know, you, it, it I all, love lefties. You, if people always we forget. We don't have any lefties on the Wolves, too, so we need good to one. have yeah, one. Yeah, especially since Shabazz left. Um, <laughs> he's from Pearland, Texas, which is in the Houston area. He's a big fan of Texas sports, Houston sports. You know, I'm seeing him on his Twitter feed like promoting the Texas Longhorns, even though he didn't go to college there. Um, speaking of college, he went to Tulane University, Tulane, which is in Louisiana, my friends. I looked it up. Do you know the uh, the team name for the Tulane? I I didn't before, but I looked it up yeah. before I came here. They have a great name, the Green Wave. I love it, Green Wave. What a cool Green name wave. for a team. That's right. Not just I look like forward. To, I look forward to having. Cam, I'm adding Cam Reynolds to my. Uh, to my arsenal of from game. Oh yeah, uh, you got players. that. Can you tell me how many NBA players have come out of uh, Tulane University? Uh, again, in the interest of full disclosure, I did look it up. Okay, fourteen. Me too. Yep. But I looked up how many. I looked up the different players. I hadn't heard of any of them. No notable players yeah. from Tulane. I think I heard of like Hot Rod Williams, who had played in like yeah, the sixties. Yeah. Like I recognized the name, and he was the only one. Who he played for like fourteen seasons, and everyone else there, the, like there's one guy who's in the NBA for six seasons, but everyone else is like one season, one season. Yeah, one there season, wasn't you know? anyone that was like, "Wow, really? You went to Tulane?" Yeah, there yeah. there was definitely nobody notable. So maybe right. maybe Cam will be the first one to put Tulane on the map in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cameron Blake Reynolds, uh, fans of the podcast will know I'm really into NBA middle names. Blake <laughs> is the middle name, son of Julia and Billy Reynolds. Mm. Uh, Billy was a Louisiana basketball Hall of Famer, uh, wow. and he was uh, Northwestern State's all-time leading scorer for f- 40 years, from 77 to 2017. Looks like he got usurped two years ago, and uh, he was a 1977 draft pick for the Seattle SuperSonics. Nice. So ball runs in the family. Like that. His older brother, Justin, played basketball for four years at Texas AMM Corpus Christi and then played professionally in Macedonia, Japan, China, Portugal, and for the Texas Legends of the NBA G League. G League has such great names. Yeah. <laughs> he played on the, uh, what is it, the Kingston Kings or something? No, I forget what it is. I'll find it in a minute when we get to that part. But yeah, they have some great names down there. Um, in college, he. Five year, uh, he was a red shirt uh, one year, right. so five year uh, at Tulane player. He earned a bachelor's degree in business marketing. At college, he averaged 20.7 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 3.2 assists. 
Um, he was a member of Team USA Basketball for the World Cup qualifying stuff. That's always cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. They find the up-and-comers, kind of no-name guys who aren't in the league, and they, you know go after those guys. So as recently as February, he was playing games for USA Basketball. And then he got called up to the Wolves. He's like, okay, guys, I don't need this. Just a shout-out. There's a... There was a really, really good podcast with Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Jeff Van Gundy because Jeff Van Gundy is the coach. Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot about and that. And they taught, they went in depth about uh, about the Team USA and all that and how uh, how you get all these G League guys on that team. It was pretty fascinating stuff. So it's cool to see that he was one of uh, Jeff Van Gundy's guys. Absolutely. You can find him on Twitter and Instagram at at Camo Cinco, because he wore five in nice. college. So at Camo Cinco, even though he started that Twitter account before he went to college, he uh, started <laughs> he it in knew. 2011. And so, like I was saying, like well, I couldn't find any information on this guy because there isn't media guide pages for him. There isn't a Wikipedia page. So I had to do some deep diving to get some kind of personality out of this. So I went back all the way to his first tweet, April. <laughs> well, first of all, social media pinned at the top, February 25th, is a twi- tweet that says. Uh, it says, I can finally say I'm an NBA player, folded prayer awesome. hands emoji, which I love. He's really into it. Like, he, he retweeted that people are like, first bucket or first dunk. You're like, he's, we gotta get his, he's uh, very grateful. We got to get his NBA. Twitter account verified. Yeah, let's do it. He's, he's there. He's a legit NBA player now. He made it. His first tweet was April 26, 2011, when he tweeted, I am not ready for the TAKS, which stands for Texas Assessment of Knowledge and Skills. I'm not ready for the tax well, test. Um, I enjoyed this tweet from August 9th, 2011. It's a series of tweets. First in the morning, he tweeted, I got a job interview today. <laughs> Later in the day, he said, interview at 245. And then afterwards, he said, I'm confident I'm getting the job at Papa John's. Oh, yeah. He did get that job at Papa How John's. How many NBA careers have started with Papa John's? Uh, I just love it. Uh, he's a big D. Rose fan. Tweeted about Rose, you know, in 2011, 2012. Man, must be a dream come true for him. He though. tweeted after the 50-point game. He's like, that's my guy. I'm so happy he's coming back. So he's like a huge awesome. D. Rose fan. Um, during game one of the playoffs last se- season against Houston, he tweeted, they picking on Jeff Teague. That's, uh, he's, uh, he's perceptive. And then let's finish this off with the only thing that really matters in terms of the Timberwolves. What he brings that we need is some shooting. Um, left-handed know, shooting. At left-handed that. shooting at that. Um, he wasn't a great shooter in college, actually, though. Uh, he was a 33.4% three-point shooter in college. He was 39% his junior year, 35% his senior year. Considering that's a shorter line than in the NBA, you're like, well, that's not super encouraging. But then he went and played 33 games for the Stockton Canes. Stockton Kings. G League team for the Sacramento Canes. And he made 98 of his 234 three-point attempts. That's three made buckets on 7.1 shots per game from the three-point line. Good for a 41.9%. He shot uh, basically 60% true shooting, 58% effective field goal rate for the G League, so good numbers. And in five games so far for Minnesota, he is 6 of 14 from three for 40%. So if we can have a guy who's just a 40% three-point shooter, especially on that 10-day contract money, that's going to be a valuable find, you know? Yeah, yeah, and a guy like him, uh, the Wolves, at their current salary situation, looking for, moving forward, you got to find guys like this. You know, G League guys, guys that you're going to be able to... Second round guys like Kata, too. Diamonds in the rough that you can pull out that you're not going to have to pay a lot of money you can contribute. So I'm all about giving this guy a run. Especially for the next season while Teague and, you know, Jane are still clogging up our books. Yes. I know we got two more years of Jane, but one more year of Teague is kind of a slam. Yeah. 
All right, well, that's what you need to know about Cam Reynolds. Go at Cam Osinko. Give him a follow. Get He's very verified. charming. He's very charming on social media. He just watched Abducted in Plain Sight the other day. He kind of looks Netflix. like Randy Foy, too. He does kind of look like Which Randy I, Foy. I, I can see it. I, I put that on the positive side. Yeah. I like Randy. There's a lot of Randy Foy bobbleheads for very cheap on Craigslist. You can just buy one and change the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I still wish I had my uh, I Like Randy shirt. Hey, you got rid of it? Uh, I, I got it way back. There was the I Like Randy shirt. And and I, like I Like Craig. Oh, Craig. Craig, yeah, with his face. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was Miller, Mike Miller. No, no, no. They never made any kind of merchandise out You're of right. Mike Glass Miller. Mike. Glass Mike, yeah. All right, everybody, before we move on to mailbag, let's pay some bills real quick with our sponsor segment. Very excited. It's a brand new brand, you know, so mm. it's really hard when you're a new brand to kind of establish yourself, and we're right. hoping we can make them make a dent, you know, in the market so people know who they Put is. on the map. Now that, you know, you're, Ryan Saunders is a head coach, he can start making those head coach endorsement deal money. That's right. And that's why he's lended his name to a line of grooming products. It's called the Saunders Slam Dunk Grooming Products. Mm. We got a lot of a lot of great stuff. I mean, if you look at him, he's he's a well groomed man on the sidelines. Oh, Looks great in a suit. Good haircut. He always has really nice belts. Yeah, he too. does. He, you know, he's a uh, he's a well dressed man. I think he's a millennial, so uh, you know, we, we know our fashion. There was no learning curve for him in terms of the fashion game. Coming oh yeah, into a head coaching position. We've got some great products too. It's a range of products. We got the Saunders beard oil. You know, I know he doesn't have a beard, but uh, it's uh, that impeccable seven o'clock start time shadow you see. That's right. Yeah, you know, it's just a little. It's a little just there, a little so you know. Bit, yeah. I always think I look best with like twenty four hours of shadow on me. So if I'm going to like a wedding or something, I'll shave like the day. Before it's like a 24 hours Smart. of stubble. That's, yep. I think that's me at my best right there. Not pure clean shaven, <laughs> but a little bit of stubble. Yep. That's why I'm going to start you using You do your best work when you got that going. I'm going to start using the Saunders beard oil. What else do we have? We got the Saunders pomade. And the the, the quote on this would even keep Dario Saric's hair in place. Mm. Wow. Hard to do. That floppy would, hair. If, if you can keep Dario's hair in place... It can keep your hair in place. No and, doubt about that. And it's not just about the hair products, too. We have the Saunders Cologne, which helps mm. cover up the stench of unmet expectations. It's hard, you know, living in the shadow of a legend. But yeah. Maybe you can get there someday and you can change that cologne scent. But that's what it is for now. It smells great, you know? Oh, yeah. It smells... Uh, you can barely uh, you can barely tell that the Wolves are underperforming this year just because of that cologne. Yeah, it smells like pine and new basketball shoes. Is the scent mm. of that, which is great stuff. And you know what? It's not just about the style. It's about the health, too. Keeping your hair healthy is a full-time job in the NBA. Think of all the balding you see from coaches who stick around the league for a long time. It's like the longer they're in the league, the worse their hair gets. There is a definite correlation. We see Thibodeau. We see oh. George Carl, Rick Carlisle. Uh, you know, the list goes on, baby. Yeah, Mike Malone. Yep, exactly. So, uh, you need to keep that hair in place. If he wants to have a good coaching career, he doesn't want to end up looking like George Carl. That stress can make you want a to healthy go the Pat man. Riley route. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want a Pat Riley hair. The stress of NBA coaching can make a healthy man's hairline look like a Van Gundy. So, <laughs> invest in the Saunders grooming products. Saunders Slam Dunk grooming products. It will keep you looking sharp. Like you're ready for that, the bright lights of court side, you know. You're going to be ready for that uh, that head coaching contract. Those national TV games are in HD, my friend. You know, you can, cool. you can see the stubble. So you got to look good. So uh, take it from our new head coach and a very sharp looking guy, Ryan Saunders. And That's a great his, sponsor. Yeah, invest in his grooming products today. All right, everybody, it's time for mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. 
Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you Yeah uh, you sent in your questions, and uh, and we have answers. We didn't even make any of them up. I was joking on Twitter today. I wasn't getting enough. I was going to say we're going to make them up. And then we didn't have to. Came through. Uh, and then Neil told me, he texted me after I put all these questions in the doc, he texted me and said, don't do all of them. It'll take too long. But Neil doesn't understand that when it's you and me, Robert, it's lightning mailbag. We don't That's spend right. as much time on each one. So let's just go rapid bada fire. Bing, we're going to recognize boom. them all. This first person is a person you're familiar with, one of the characters on your podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What would it take for Andrew Wiggins to permanently be moved to the bench squad? That comes from the GB Beefcake. I don't think there is anything that would move him to the bench other than some radical coaching change. That's what I'm saying. It would take a new coach. It would take a coach who has a big contract so he's not worried about getting fired for alienating a star player. And it would have to take a different coach than Ryan because Ryan's buddies with Wiggins and he's not going to try to teach him through tough love. And just the amount of money that you're paying him is yeah, just, it would be embarrassing to be like, we're paying a bench guy, you know, $29 million or This whatever. is a great question for our, our listeners. Has there ever been the second highest paid player on a team? Right now he's the highest paid player on the team next year he'll be second i think actually no next year he'll still make has there ever been an instance where the highest paid player on the team comes off the bench i just don't think it ever happens i that's a great question i, I mean maybe I, dirk but i don't even think dirk's the highest paid player no no he's not on that team that's like deandre yeah something way the, back, yeah, so, back before he got traded so all right well let's go to the next question i think this one's just for you because i can't add anything to it it's from mm. another member of your podcast but he didn't go by a pseudonym he used his real name twitter account which wolf would be the best tennis product prospect. That's from JP That's Jacobs. A great question. That's, That's a, a great, great question. question. I'm going to go with Dario Saric. There's a pretty rich tradition of Croatian tennis players. He's got the height. He's got the. Uh, he's pretty mobile around the court. He's kind of creative. All those would make him a great tennis prospect. So I like it. I can't argue with that. I don't know what makes a good tennis prospect, so I'm not going to answer that one. Mm. All right. I feel like he asked it for you, anyways. Yeah, he he doesn't want to hear what you have to say about tennis. Nah, you were on the Farmington tennis team. I will say that's that. right. JV, so, <laughs> like I, I even three got doubles. I got or you know, four fourth doubles on oh. the varsity team every once in a while. If they only had three doubles for varsity, then I would go play with JV. But if four their team doubles. had a fourth, I'm using air quotes here. Fourth doubles. Yeah, and we weren't even that good. Me, of a team. So. Me and Kevin Manthy or Gregor Manthy, we're gonna shout know, out shout out to Greg Manthy. Uh, man, he was my my doubles partner. He carried that team. He did. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, this is from John Bender at JB John Bender. Wolves roster clean out after the season. I think this is a reference to uh, Marie Kondo. She had the book, the art, the tidiness, or the art of being tidy, and she yeah, has the new right. Netflix thing. And she, so he says, "Who has to go because they do not bring you joy?" She says, "You should hold every item in your home. If it sparks joy, you keep it. If not, you get rid of it." So if mm. that were the case, which players on this team don't spark joy? Don't spark joy. Wiggins is the first I one. I think that comes the easiest thing is which players spark joy? Because I feel like more than half the roster doesn't spark joy for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are guys like, uh, like D Rose doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, you know, Teague, Taj no. sparks joy in me. Taj sparks joy. Okogi sparks joy. Tyus sparks joy. Tyus definitely sparks joy. Yeah, he does. Uh, do, D- Luol Dane sparks joy for yes. me. Yes. I mean, yes, obviously, Cat's the biggest joy sparker of them all. Yes. Oh, <laughs> um, but. Chief joy sparker. You know, I think Dario has the potential to spark joy. He just hasn't been doing it lately. When he got yes. to the team, he was sparking a He's lot lovable. of joy. He's been losing his spark a little bit, but I believe that spark is still in him. 
Yes, it is. It just needed to be stoked. Yeah, so I think those are our, our main joy sparkers. And everybody else, maybe we... Uh, you know what? Even Crunch might not be sparking enough joy. I think you it's know, time. The last time I was here, you suggested that they kill Crunch. That's what I'm saying. It's time. It's time to do something exciting with the mascot. Something How bold. can you miss someone if they don't go away first? You, you took the words out of my mouth, Robert. So mm. true. All right, well, let's go to our next question. This is from friend of the show, Alex Conover, another lefty on the basketball court. Oh, yeah. At Crafty. Alex underscore Cano. He says, please give us your fan-friendly concessions at Target Center and what they would cost. This is in reference to what the Twins are doing, and what the Twins are doing is in reference to what the Atlanta sports teams, football and baseball, I believe, both two years ago started this fan-friendly concession prices where it's like, Hot dog is two dollars. Popcorn's three dollars. You know, right. just like every like the general, you know, peanuts and sodas and beers and stuff like that were all five dollars or under, and they made so much more money. It wasn't mm-hmm. just a fan friendly decision; it was a great business decision because they made so much more money once they started pricing these products at a very low rate. And so the twins are going to do this. It's not quite as fan friendly. It's like still like four dollars for a hot dog, but there's still like popcorn, pretzels, nachos, stuff like that. You know, your general fare is uh, all sub five. Or sub five dollars, and even there, they have a beer. I think twelve ounces of Bud Light is going to be like five bucks. So yeah, you know, I, I encourage it. I think it's good for business. I think it's good for the fans. Um, so my question, so the question is, what would be the items at a Timberwolves game? Hmm, this was a kind of tough one for me. I kind of thought about. Uh, I thought that they should kind of have like when you go to a movie theater and they have the up at the counter, they got all the candies. all the kind of the candies that oh, you yeah. only get when you, you know like milk duds and stuff like that. Oh yeah, bunch you know, of crunch, bunch of crunch. <laughs> have those out there, sell them for you know three fifty or four bucks or something. I'm sure people would. I'd love to get a bunch of crunch. Yeah, you me know too. that sort of thing that you associate you associate those kind of candies with going to the movie theater. Move yeah. that over to Target Center. And if the box is three dollars instead of six twenty five or whatever it costs now, when you order you know yourself a burger or something you might be like well, let's add that on it's only three dollars and they'll yeah, make a nice little you, you side share yeah right now everything costs so much i never get sides you know i always just no. get my main thing yeah. and maybe a soda and that's it and so i think uh i think the idea is just like your generic anything that's specialized like the parlor burgers keep that you know at the price it is that's that's some special stuff you're bringing I feel like in. you got to work your way up to that but every sporting event has generic foods nachos popcorn pretzels it's not like a pretzel by you know aunt annie's it's just mm. aunt annie's i don't know you know <laughs> what i'm talking annie's pretzel makers they're in the mall i used to go to the burnsville mall and get them all the time they're great love those they're right by the game stop on the third floor um <laughs> <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time smelling those pretzels while i looked at video games but anyways um like if they're just generic, make them all lower. And because that's the kind of stuff where you're like, yeah, I'm going to pay $12 for a parlor burger. And let's get a $3 popcorn to go with that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's so, all about the relativity. And soda that. and beer. Keep those at like $4, $5. Because like especially like sodas. It's just like soda costs nothing. You know, like that's right. the most marked up product anywhere. Because it costs like five cents for a gallon of it. And they sell you, you know, 32 ounces for like six bucks. <laughs> so exactly. it's the craziest yeah. markup of anything. So I think they should do that. It's a trend that I hope will, you know, really take hold of all sports leagues. And that will be there soon. That's right. Fan friendly. Yes, that's right. All right, we got three more questions. Neil, uh, who is listening to this and shaking his head at me. Uh, next question. Why do you think Cat keeps posting these videos of him standing outside in extreme weather? Trying to alleviate concerns that he's not tough enough? That is from normal Nick mm. at underscore Nicholas Holder. I'll let you say your opinion first. Uh, I just think he's trying to appeal to Minnesota fans, you know, showing that... Uh, you know, I'm not. I embrace the. I embrace the cold. That's something that us Minnesotans, Midwesterners in general, 
I think we take great pride in being like, snow, no big deal. We can handle it. Yeah. We complain about it to each other. But when we see places, you know, down south or whatever, close their the closed schools because they got two inches of snow, we laugh at that. And we I think we feel whole, we feel greater than uh, because we can deal with the snow. It's something like that. Snow is like definitely that. a look right now. You know, I think some of it is like... <laughs> Game of Thrones being really popular and like half the characters living in a snowy area where they have to wear all these dope fur jackets and stuff. Right. And I just think that snow is a cool style that not a lot of people can pull off, you know, because they're in warm weather cities. So I think this is part of Carl embracing it for the fans, for the good of his brand, being like, I can distinguish myself from all these warm weather city stars by embracing the, you know, the cold aspect. And I also think a little bit of it is to prove his toughness a little bit, but I think most of it is... You know, I think it's funny because I was about to say, uh, you know, true Minnesotans though see him standing outside in a tank top. He's like rubbing like, snow on yeah, his beard. Yeah, and it's like it's awesome. True Minnesotans would be like, we know smart enough. We're smart enough to bundle up when it's cold. We're very smart about the cold, but That's we're very right. smart about wearing the cold. But yet, I think of my my guy Garrett, who's on the drum line with me my freshman year. He Shout out, Garrett. He's from Brainerd. And he wore shorts every day until the first snow of the season. So it would be like 20 <laughs> degrees in the fall, and it's just freezing. And he's still wearing shorts because he like, hasn't snowed yet. That college thing. There, of, uh, there is there's definitely one or two guys. One or two guys who wore shorts or like flip flops or whatever. If you've been in Minnesota long enough, we all know somebody who just wears basketball shorts year round, regardless of the weather. You know, there's there. St. Thomas, that was Adam Voigt for me. Well, that's what I'm talking Shout about. Out Adam Voigt. There is uh, that's definitely a type of Minnesotan. So maybe that's who he's going after too, being yeah, like, yeah, I'm is. like you, man. I don't even get phased. I don't even need to wear warm clothes i appreciate that i think it's a good brand decision for him i think it's smart to lean into that you know we haven't exactly. seen enough uh minnesota stars embrace lean into that it. Yeah, yeah exactly all right we got two more questions uh you can have cam reynolds or luol dane on the team next year but not both lol choose one that is from shay car it's a good question shay underscore car it is a good question um, which is why I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, I would, I got to go with Cam Reynolds again. Not that I think that he would perform better than Luol. Cause I think Luol has definitely shown that he's still got some gas in the tank. But again, if you're the wolves, you got to be taking these home run swings on younger guys who will sign for, you know, like minimum deals. And, uh, I think Cam has shown enough that he could play a role on the team and you could get him for cheap. So yeah, I think I you got to start kind of cultivating that. I was home, wondering homegrown this because I think in the assumption is they're both making league minimum, so maybe it's the same amount of money. But is it possible we can sign him for under the league minimum because he's I mean, a ten Luol's day G League guy? Get paid a more just because he's, he's gonna a get veteran the minimum. minimum. Yeah. Okay. So Cam would be cheaper. I can see the argument both ways. I decided to go with Cam as well on my drive over here. The and argument, the lefty factor. The argument for Luol Deng is he's a better player than Cam. We've seen how competent he is on the court this season. And also, he's got a lot of veteran leadership, and he can teach the guys. But at the same time, it's really hard because to point at veteran leadership because on the outside, we have no idea whether he's actually taught these young guys anything. You know, mm. you'd think maybe he does, but Wiggins has been terrible this season. Yeah. And Wiggins is the kind of guy you think could learn a lot from Lou Aldane. You would think. So I'm not sure how good his veteran leadership. In theory, a guy like Lou Aldane maybe would be great Wiggins would be... Even worse had it not been for oh, Luol Deng's veteran leadership. In which case, please keep Luol Deng. He'd be shooting like 10% or something. So I think the argument for Luol Deng is that he's a better player than Cam might ever be. And that he could really, his knowledge about NBA defenses and stuff, theoretically would be good in a clubhouse. But uh, I'm going with Cam because I agree with you. I uh, Just that I think his shooting uh, is something we badly need. Oh, and that I think you're right. Badly. You just got to take some home run swings on young guys. And, you know, some of them will pan out and some of them won't. But you you gotta you gotta give them minutes to find those diamonds in the rough. You exactly. Know? Yep. 
All right, final question from another guy who plays hoops with us, Scott Ryan at Scotty2390. One of the other few good Scots, I should say. Okay, and there's, it's not... I'd rank him above me, but still below Scotty Pippen. <laughs> His question is, what's your solution to improving the Wolves' defense? I, I'm going to start gonna us let, off. Yeah, I'm going to let you take this. I, there's, well, there's a thousand different ways we can approach this, but I think one simple one is that we need to have perimeter defenders. It, you know, our interior defending looks bad on paper because what happens every time there's a pick and roll, Jeff Teague disappears, and all of a sudden now Towns has two players to guard, the guard and the big. You know, and so it's really hard for Towns to look good in these situations when every time down the point guards get penetration into the paint with no resistance at all. Jeff Teague plays matador defense. He does not try. Derrick Rose tries, but is at his physical limitations. He, you know, he actually looks like he's trying on defense, but and he can't guard two he, guards. He, he can't he can't guard two guards, and you know, Tyus, bless his heart, tries really hard, plays good team defense. There's a lot of advanced statistics that show the defense is better when he's on the court, but in one on one matchups, he can't, he just doesn't have the size to stick with most guys. He's good at stealing balls, making good, you know, jumping passing lanes, playing good team defense, but any point guard, starting point guard in the NBA could back down Tyus in the paint anytime oh, he yeah. wants. Anytime. And so we just have no, and especially Wiggins has been, you know, terrible. And so <laughs> Okogi can't be our best perimeter defense defender next year we need to find somebody and if we can't find somebody it's gonna it's just gonna be a we can't be league average in defense until we get somebody who can be a perimeter stopper and it's just it puts so much responsibility on our bigs and our on our front court when like come on i could i could get to the paint against jeff teague yes i i would uh, agree with all that i'll just throw in that i think that there has to be some identity of like we're going to try our best to take away this yeah and it just seems like uh they don't really have anything like that they give up so many open threes um teams are shooting so much better from three against the wolves that they are against the best of the league the rest of the league and it uh i think that's a good place to start at least given the way the league's going that you uh try to shore up that three-point defense a little bit more and stick to your stick to the corner three-point shooters especially try to make that a point of emphasis but uh uh, it is, it is just sort of like a where do you even begin with uh, improving the Wolves' defense? It would be a. There's it's going to take an entire off season. Of, it's uh, A, B, hard C, work. and D, and D is all of the above. You know, yes, it's D. Exactly. We need we need to improve everywhere. But so basically, you just need to overhaul the roster. Yeah, completely That's new players. The start to finish, but we keep a Kogi and we keep Towns. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, that's Mailbag. Thank you for sending in questions, everybody. Uh, you can follow us at WolvesCast on Twitter. We'll put out the Mailbag call, usually like, you know, the day of we need it. And yep. we'll look for your responses. And if you get if you ask them, I'll read them on the show, especially if Neil's not here. I'll read everyone that gets asked. Um, well, I just started following. Well, the cat's away. I was on Twitter yesterday, and I found out I'm not following WolvesCast in my personal account, which I used to do. I Shame used to do. You. So I have no idea how I unfollowed WolvesCast at some point, but I was just shocked. And then I was like, oh my God, how long has this been happening? I went to the Wolvescast Twitter feed and started scrolling through. I'm like, man, Neil's doing good. Neil's doing yeah. Neil's having some good tweets. Neil gives my mini actually, yeah, let's go, let's go to Weekly Wolfies. Let's. Now presenting your weekly wolfies. All right, everybody, it's time for Weekly Wolfies. That is an award. 
and uh, it goes out to anything we want, good, bad. It can be, it's a very adaptable award, but they're real awards. We send them to the winners, they are hefty, and we lose a lot of money in uh, freight cost. So that's why we have to have sponsors every week. That's right. Um, <laughs> but we have weekly Wolfies. I'm going to dive right in because I just decided mine on the spot right now. I had a couple different ones I had listed, but I'm going to go with this one. My weekly Wolfie goes to Neil Olstead, everybody. Wow. Who I noticed when I started looking through these uh, general Wolf tweets. Finally learned how to thread tweets, you know? You thread a tweet by responding to your own tweet, and then you delete the at Wolves cast, and then you just tweet your next tweet. And so if you have multiple tweets in a row that are based on the sub- same subject, they get threaded, you know? And it was just something... It's beautiful. Neil, Neil's really savvy with computers, technology, the internet. So it just shocked me for somebody who's so internet savvy to, as of like six months ago, did not know how to thread tweets and never did. And I was on him always. I was like, thread these tweets, man. And then I That's look at Wolvescast. Yeah, and he was doing it. He's doing it. So, shouts to Neil. You're going to get my Weekly Wolfie. All right. My Weekly Wolfie, I think this is the first time I've ever given out a negative Weekly Wolfie. It's got to happen. Mine is going to go to the NBA on TNT players only crew that called the the Denver game. It was, uh, it made me long for Alan Horton. It made me long for Dave Benz and Jim Peterson. Uh, I think it was obvious that none of the guys who were calling the game had watched more than maybe a game or two of the Timberwolves. They the only watched season. the other TNT games we had. <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, in particular, going to single him out, and uh, he was particularly bad. It made it borderline unlistenable for me. And uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, as much as it's great to have, like, I've gotten away from, I've gotten away from like player like ex-players commenting and yeah. giving analysis on games so much. They're I just, much prefer... Unless you're Bill Walton, yeah. you're not good at it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless you're uh, unless you're a, uh, someone who's got a great magnetic personality, but I don't want to listen like Chris Webber or, or uh, you know, Especially Dennis because Scott or any... Every NBA big man who is good enough to have one of these jobs, you know, because they're not giving out the awards to a guy who's in the Or season. Steve Kerr. Yeah. Steve Kerr was Steve great, Kerr's great back in the day. Smart guy. But Doug uh, Collins, too, was great. Any but. kind of, like, big man who's doing the commentating, anytime Towns is a three, they're like, well, that's good, but I don't think he should be taking so many of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time, they're like, uh, I don't want him to get comfortable with that shot, even though he just made it and splashed it and it looked great and he's shooting a good percentage. I don't think he should take too many of those. Yeah, it, it's just it's it, it's really infuriating for these guys to and, and Isaiah was talking about how he didn't think Cat should be a max player because he's not his team isn't uh, winning. And oh I my just, god, does uh, he understand the concept of max players? Every team has them, regardless of if you're winning. Or exactly, not, you know. Like, should LeBron not be making as much as he's – should he not be making the max this year because the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs? It it just uh, oh didn't make sense to yeah. me. So. Whatever. Nah, they're just they're just Glad salty. To have that. They're just salty because they yes, they are. Their salaries they didn't make the big money. They still have to work after retirement. <laughs> yeah, cat's never gonna have to work after retirement if he Listening doesn't want to. Listening to Isaiah Thomas talk about like bad contracts and stuff when he almost single handedly brought the, the Knicks are still reeling from his tenure there. Oh yeah. So. Sore the liberty. uh, Yeah, right. Good call. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and finish up this episode with a game. Let's dive right in. All right, Robert. The name of this game is The Price is Be Right. Be Right. Shouts to... uh, this reference gets more dated every year as we move away from the B-Right days, but it used to be the Innery announcer. For me, it's Evergreen. Who kept shouting, the noise is working. That was his, that was his catchphrase. Yeah, when the Wolves made like a, they were down 20 and they got down to, like to 14. Yeah. You know, in the, the fourth. It's, it's working. working. No, so, shouts to B-Right. This game, Robert, I found some unusual Wolves items on eBay, Amazon, Craigslist. Oh, wow. And I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you the item. You're going to guess the price. 
Is this prices are at rules where you can't go over? Uh, or just as close as close as I can. I'm, I'm gonna give you ten dollars in leeway either way. <laughs> okay. Okay. So gotcha. Plus. All right. Let's, All right. Let's get started. Robert, our first product is the Timberwolves Grilling Sportula. The Sportula is a heavy-duty barbecue grill tool with a convenient bottle opener at the end. It is mm. featuring laser-cut logos and hand-stamped hand maple handles. It has the Timberwolves logo on the flipping part, and then it has the Timberwolves name on the handle. Uh, I'm going to say that that is going to sell for $14.99. Ooh, you are one cent away from being $10 away. It is $25. Actually, I think I rounded it up. I think it was $24.99, so I think you get it. Okay. I, I'm yes. pretty sure I rounded these up, so we'll give you that one. By, by the, the thinnest of margins. All right, next up, you've heard me rallying against this giveaway item on the show. This stupid bullseye plushes that they give out this year. Oh, I don't want a bullseye. I don't want a corporate mascot. I like the cute little jerseys. I might take that off and put it on a beer as a koozie, but come on. Don't give me a corporate mascot unless it's Is it's it the crunch. regular? Is it the regular uh, jersey? Because I got the uh, the Prince-inspired bullseye. This is the earned edition. It's the Ooh. white Prince one. Ooh. Here's the item description. This is a Minnesota Timberwolves Prince Bullseye Target plush that was given away at the December 28th game. This is a rare stadium <laughs> giveaway. Limited to the first 7,500 fans. Wow. The game program is also included from the night's game. Oh, well, that's going to bump the price up quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to say that is going to sell. I'm going to go with the exact same answer I gave. $14.99. No, somebody had the audacity to ask for $45. 45 bucks. And it what? wasn't even buy it now. This was on eBay. And there's a couple on eBay that are like 35 bucks or whatever, buy it now. This one was $45. No option to buy it now. They want you to bid on it. I'm, I got to start. I got to adjust my expectations for these prices. Well, a lot of them will be reasonable. I don't want you to start varying too far in the other way. But okay. who has the audacity to sell a Target? freebie giveaway of a Target mascot for $45. Get out of here. Be a part of history. Yeah, go bid on it, everyone. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have the Kevin Garnett Celebrity Duck. Celebrity Duck. Ah, it's I like a rubber this. duck, but they have the face of an NBA player who still right. has an orange bill. It's super freaky. My wife has one of Shaquille O'Neal on the Lakers. Oh. And so this is the Kevin Garnett version. The, the quote is, I think this is from 2003. Slight damage to the top of the container, but the duck has never been out of the package. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that's going to sell for uh, 30 bucks. $5, Robert. Five. Mm. Only five. What? Yeah. Multiple sources, too. Man, I would... The highest price I'll I saw for one was ten. For yeah, I saw a couple for like three, one for. Man, I'm way out of whack with this. It's hard, especially this next one. I think the next two are just gonna throw you for a loop. I'm sorry. I'm because this one I would I, I would I'll you. say for this next one I would pay much more than one price. Okay. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves Mark Madsen Russian nesting doll. Oh, I had one of these. 2004. The I put it in my aquarium. <laughs> item description: Mark Madsen MN Timberwolves Porcelain Babushka Russian nesting doll figure set. Shout out to Emma Gadam. He's got one. I, I Neil's got one in this room somewhere. Oh man. Okay. I might end up bidding. Yeah, it's on right this. there on the shelf behind you. Oh, I had one of these. I had the Madsen. It's not even a bid. It's on Craigslist. You could buy it tonight if you want. Okay. I'm gonna say. Um, is on the head. Exactly. So if you want that, Robert, buy it before this podcast publishes tomorrow. Yes. It's going to be super reasonable. It's going to be an arms race to see who can get to it first once this drops. That's right. All right. Let's go to our final one. Miller Lite, Miller Time, exclamation boy, Timberwolves neon sign. Ooh. Beautiful Timberwolves neon sign. Works great. (laughs) Okay. 
It is the, it's like the Kevin Garnett era logo with the wolf face right, and the trees, right, right. and it says Miller Light. Miller time! Yes, okay. Um, for a neon sign, I'm gonna say $120. You were right to go high, but this guy is asking for $400. 400 for this neon sign. I don't even know if that's a good price or a bad price for a neon sign. Seems like a whole lot, but it does look good. Looks sharp on Do you Craigslist. think the fact that it's a Minnesota sign, Minnesota Timberwolves sign actually lowers the price a yeah, little absolutely. bit? Yeah, absolutely. If it was a Lakers absolutely. one, I, mean, I would have said... the Vikings one, they would do better. Oh, yeah. All right, this last one didn't have a price, so it's not a question, but it, okay. it was interesting. Official team guides for the Minnesota T-Wolves would prefer to sell all as one lot. Have a complete run of team guides from the team's inaugural season in 89-90 until the team stopped printing paper team guides after the 08-09 season and went to digital copies online only. Have 20 guides in all, and all are in mint condition. Also, a complete run of pocket schedules. Every pocket schedule ever. Wow. Thrown pocket in. schedules. This person did not list a price, so I could not ask you about it. But they live in Farmington. So my question is, is this you, Robert? Uh, it isn't me. There's someone in Farmington that. with every single game I might guide. Have to, I might have to look this up and uh, see if a deal can be made. I, I would probably say, like, no, for the whole thing, for the historical aspect, I'd pay 20 of them. 50 bucks for it. Okay. I think that will easily do it. I would start at like 35 and see if you Yeah, work your way up. That's but a negotiating There's a lot to put the price out and let someone else make the first bid. This might interest Neil. There's some cool freebies that he throws in and a lot of like enamel pins, which Neil collects. Uh, oh, like yeah. Inaugural season stuff. So the guides might be worthless, but the pins alone, I think, might interest Neil. So uh, mm. just, you know, now you guys know. If he might be bidding against me, though. Exactly. We'll see. Uh, Robert, you have until this podcast publishes <laughs> to do your shopping. Otherwise, everyone on the internet will know. You yeah, know? I get a head start on it. Do you have $400 for a neon sign in your budget? <laughs> Maybe I can talk him down to 380 Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Robert. Is there anything going on in your life you want to promote or plug? Uh, I'll just throw out uh, Kings of the North. We're going to be putting a new episode out going uh, going over all the free agent uh, shenanigans in the NFC. Um, even if you don't like football, listen. NFC North podcast with attitude. It's very Kings funny. Of the North. It's a very it's a lot funny of fun. podcast. I don't like the NFL. I always listen and enjoy myself. Well, we got a new episode that's going to be dropping coming up here, so uh, be on the lookout. Awesome. We will have you back next week. Uh, so, you know, spend your time keeping all your Timberwolves slots to yourself so you don't I'll bring, waste them. I'll bring over all those, uh, all those uh, play, That'll all be the great. team guys. We can do yeah. a dramatic reading. You know? Yes, that's right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Wolf's Cast. Follow us at Wolf's Cast. Check out Canis Hoopus. They let us post the podcast there every week. Leave some comments. There's, there hasn't been enough comments yet, but I always read them, and I evaluate my self-worth by how many of them there are. So check us out at Canis Hoopus. Thanks to Canis Hoopus for having us. Shouts to Neil, who is the true MVP for producing and editing this podcast Congrats tonight. Congrats on your weekly Wolfie. Thank Yeah, your very first weekly Wolfie, Neil. And it was for something positive. It wasn't even for something negative. Yep. Um, come to Darby's every Tuesday night. Last Tuesday, nobody came, and we couldn't hold trivia. It was super discouraging. We have a new form of trivia. It's Music Mayhem Trivia. It's Ooh. Name That Tune meets Wheel of Fortune, where it, you hear the song tune, and then the letters start slowly revealing themselves on the screen, and the earlier oh, you can wow. guess it, the more points you get. You play on your I smartphone. Check that out. Come on by. No one came last week, and I, and I feel I'm very glum about it ever since. Like I, I can tell. Once again, evaluate my self-worth by it. And so please come by. It's Darby's Pub and Grill, downtown Minneapolis, 6 p.m. on Tuesday. I hope to see you then. Until then, everybody, watch the wolves, take care of yourselves, and also take care of Carl Anthony Towns' knees. The NBA debut for Cam Reynolds. Looks a lot like Randy Foy, doesn't he?